Do you love an album but find there's always at least one song on it that's not up to the standard of the rest? If you do, then this podcast is for you. Welcome to Trimming the Musical Fact. I'm Paul Nicholson. And I'm Stephen Nicholson. And thank you for joining us for the latest Trimming the Classic episode, a Patreon exclusive. And the subject of today's episode is one of the greatest albums by Brummy Legends ELO and their 1976 album, A New World Record. My guests and I will pick a song from the album that we like the least. We'll also select our favourite songs and discuss the album as a whole. So let's talk ELO. A New World Record is the sixth studio album by the band. It was released in October 1976 and produced by the band's frontman Jeff Lynne. This was the start of the band making shorter, more commercial pop songs. The album was well received by critics. Melody Maker stated that A New World Record is ELO's best album in its seven-year history, the most complete of them all. They're a band who haven't yet gained the attention in their own country that they deserve. Acquiring this album would be a fine way to change all that. This was ELO's first album to go top 10 in the na- their native UK. It sold over 5 million copies within its first year of release. So Stephen, when did you first hear the New World Record album? Would you believe I only heard it for the first time this year? Um, I know uh, years ago you had the CD and everything. And yeah, I just just never got, got round to it. And I think, obviously, as we record this, we've just been through two years of the COVID pandemic and in lockdown and because of that uh, that affords you more time to actually listen to music because you're working from home and um, one of the bands I got listening to much more was ELO so but yeah I, I listened to it for the first time this year and I think I maybe went to see a tribute ELO a tribute band called ELO again and they were doing a lot of the stuff from the, the album. Uh, and I think it was maybe in the days after seeing them, I went and got this, downloaded it on Apple Music. And not long after, I forked out the money to get a vinyl copy on eBay, an original uh, pressing, I believe. So, yeah, so I now proudly, uh, now proudly own it. What about you? Yeah, I first heard it, I think, like 2006 or something so I think I'd been collecting they were on a sale in Becker Chop Fop and I got I remember just no in fact I tell a lie I just started buying the albums because obviously out the out of the blue had that and then I remember it was quite hard to get actually at the time. I remember getting it on Amazon, I think and it was like an import or something, but then maybe like a few months later, it was remastered with like bonus tracks. So I got that, uh, probably, yeah, probably the same year, actually the remastered one is when I got the original one, but yeah, uh, brilliant album and songs that you'd never really heard. You obviously you'd heard the singles, but you hadn't heard mm-hmm. the album tracks and it just yeah brilliant right from the start yeah I mean I think for me uh it's been a real a real treat because I, I now regard this as one of my favorite albums I think it's one of the best mm-hmm. albums 
ever made. I really do. Uh, nine songs was it thirty six minutes long? Mm-hmm. Uh, not not an ounce of fat on it. I think the standard of everything on it is is tremendous from the songwriting, the production, the performance. Everything's exceptional. Yeah. It's almost like their revolver to Sergeant Pepper, isn't it? In some mm-hmm. ways. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yeah, I'm guessing you're a big, as big a fan as I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, brilliant album. Uh, yeah, just right from the, the start. Tightrope's brilliant, an amazing start as well. And and uh, as a result of this, I remember getting like a live album as well. And of course, you get Tightrope live. And that begins the concert as well. Mm-hmm. And the tribute concert we went to see in February, they used tight title was the first That's song right. as well. So it's uh yeah, brilliant brilliant album. Like I say, it's like their revolver to Sgt. Pepper type thing. Obviously, the, the next album is their pinnacle, but actually you could certainly argue this is a better album, probably because like mm-hmm. the very things we're talking about, Out the Blues is an amazing album, but there's maybe there's too much on it. Or is this just as straight to the point? And I think that's maybe why some people might prefer this album, actually. But getting to the point. <laughs> yeah, the, and of course we're off to see ELO again in, what, five days' time? Yeah, we're going to see them next Thursday. So, yeah, no, they, they, I was really impressed with them. So yeah, it was, it was Mar- March, wasn't it? March, I think yeah. it was, yeah. It was also, like, my first concert since, obviously, the Covid thing, so so it was nice just to be out again and just an amazing, uh, amazing music and great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it might annoy some people, but I could you could argue that actually that's a better show than Jeff Lynne's Yellow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Might make me unpopular for saying that, but I don't know. I, I I think it feels more real than Jeff Lynne one, right? Mm. Well, yeah, brilliant show, but I would disagree with you. <laughs> that's okay we're allowed to have different opinions. what would you say is your favourite song on the album this is really really tough because I think I could have picked anything from the first side to, I mean, you've got Tightrope, Telephone Line uh, Rocaria and uh, Mission I could have mm. picked any one of them and on side two you've got things like uh, Living Thing so, but I think I would go with maybe the obvious choice, which is telephone line. First 
a song we both heard for the first time on uh, Dad's Car back in the 80s. On yeah, mid, mid to late 80s. Yeah. yeah, just an absolute classic tune, very cinematic. Uh, I love how it tells a story through the song with the prop of the telephone. Um, I think the production on it is great. Um, and the chorus is to die for. And I think the, the harmonies on it are, mm. are sumptuous. And yeah. The artist, a beautiful song, and one of ELO's very, very best. So I think I would go with that one. What about you? I feel like yourself, it was really hard to whittle it down to one track. And obviously the ones, as you say, the ones that we knew were the singles, Living Thing and uh, Telephone Line. Uh, it's really hard, but I'd probably agree. I'd say Telephone Line as well. It's just, just amazing the way it all builds up and... And how the better they start, you think it's a real phone, but it was actually done on a keyboard. Because right. I don't think you could get permission or something like American, because it was an American phone, dialing mm-hmm. uh, phone. But just an amazing, and like you say, the harmonies are just amazing. And that's where I suppose that's probably the peak, the best ELO lineup at this point as well. And you've got Kelly Grocott, who does the amazing harmonies. And uh, he adds that to the band as well and great operatic voice as well. Mm-hmm. So faultless. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I would say telephone line as well. Mm-hmm. What's yeah. your least favourite? This was even hard. This was harder than most favourite. Uh, I'd maybe say so fine. It's hard, but that's still a really good song. Mm-hmm. It was either that or Do You. All right. But uh, it just feels like they're... They feel like they're, I don't know, they're different from the rest of the album almost. But maybe that's what makes the album good because it gives you that bit of difference. But if I had to pick one so fine, maybe... Maybe a wee bit mm-hmm. too country and western almost for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think with Do Ya, um, I think that's maybe something the album needs, just that straight ahead kind of uh, rock rock kind of mm. song um, with that guitar. So, yeah, it's maybe a bit of an outlier, but maybe it's it's needed uh, on it. Yeah, for did you me... Know that, um, sorry, sorry, I was just going to say, did you know that was a move? That was a move song? I only found that out recently by listening to the wonderful Face the Music and ELO podcast. Mm. Previous guests on our yeah. show as well, Eric yeah. and Eric. Uh, so yes, I found found that out through them. Yeah. So I'm re-recording. Yeah, yeah. Because I had, I think I got it maybe almost 20 years ago. It's the compilation of the move. So I, ter- I actually yeah. heard that version first. Mm. Yeah, well, uh, you thought we might agree on the track that we like least, but we don't. All right. Uh, Because I went with Above the Clouds. 
Right, okay. Which is still a really good tune. I like its 50s kind of shoe-wop vibe. Mm. Uh, it's got the lovely orchestral back in and the kind of mm. choir singing on it as well. Um, but yeah, it's only two minutes long, perhaps not as meaty or as substantial as some of the other songs in the album. So I would go with uh, with that one. Uh, but yes, okay. as I say, it's still a very, very good song, though. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 almost impossible to do. Mm-hmm. Just because you, you say it's your least favourite doesn't mean you don't like it. It's just mm-hmm. really... But yeah, nothing was coming off side one. I mean, side one's is as about as perfect as it gets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just every song is great. Absolutely brilliant. The funny thing for me, because I'm not ELO albums, I've never, because I didn't really get into them till like collecting them till like the 2000s or the 90s. I don't really know what was side one. And obviously you can work it out, but I just see them in the context of like nine songs mm-hmm. or whatever. But yeah, if you've got the vinyl, yeah. Yeah, you can see side, that's, side A and B. But that's where it's nice to have those breaks if, or, or mm-hmm. you're conscious of when the breaks, because on, on those albums, there was, there was a conscious decision to have those breaks where they are where mm-hmm. the first side ends and the second one starts. There was obviously an art to that. Yeah. Um, just like creating your set list for your concert. So it's quite nice to know when uh, that was signed. Yes, but where CDs, obviously, you, you just don't know, unless it's maybe in the in the, the, the notes, in mm-hmm. the inlay notes. So, yeah, uh, but nothing on side one, no. Mm-hmm. And I think for me... Having never heard the album before, the, the the two songs in particular, which I hadn't heard before, which I'm uh, delighted to, to now know are Tightrope and um, yeah, Miss, and Mission. Mm. Brilliant. To, sounds to a bit like a movie. Yeah. Some of it sounds like a bit like a movie soundtrack. Mm-hmm. I you agree. Know, some yeah. of the music. But the yeah. two songs are oh, fabulous. Yeah, and that's when Jeff Lynne's almost like doing his, there's a bit of falsetto, like Barry Gibbs sort of, isn't yep. it? And, but it's just great harmonies. And, mm-hmm. and and I think as well, when you think about the song Living Thing, that was maybe the song that rekindled a lot of interest in ELO because it was in, it was at, uh, it was in the end of the film Boogie Nights. Mm-hmm. And I think that opened ELO to a new audience because at that point they weren't seen as cool. They were seen as a guilty pleasure, but so I think living thing, and then obviously going forward on the next album, Mr. Blue Sky and, and everything, used in lots of films. So, yeah, that's brilliant. Okay, so the episode has been so fine, but it's time to bring it to a close. Thank you for listening. See you next time. <laughs> Keep trimming. Keep trimming, yeah. <laughs>